Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. This is your host, Tony Fry, and you have downloaded episode 141, and I thank you for doing that. One cool thing about this podcast that I've enjoyed over 140 episodes so far is that, you know, we're talking about the Kinks and the Beatles and John Paul, George and Ringo and Ray and Dave solo careers, respectively, which means that, you know, we're covering a lot of songs. We are 141 episodes into, uh, I forget the exact number, but I think close to 4,000 or 5,000 songs. But the nice thing is that it's sprinkled among all those. Every now and then we get to talk about this iconic masterpiece. This song everybody knows. Whether they're Kinks or Beatles fan or not, everybody knows today's song Imagine. It was released September 9th, 1971 on the album of the same name, Imagine. And in the United States, it was released as a single on October 11th, 1971, backed with It's So Hard, which is an album cut from Imagine. Uh, the UK didn't actually release it until October 24th, 1975. So uh, four years and a week after the United States released it, it was backed with Working Class Hero, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. That's kind of actually a an interesting pairing track peaked at number three in the U S and number six in the UK. Um, when it was finally released there. And, uh, in March, 2020, the song charted again on billboards, hot rock songs chart, um, entering at number 15, following the ill received celebrity tribute video to benefit coronavirus aid. So that was the Gal Gadot or Gadot, the wonder woman one that, um, was good intentioned, but um, just universally mocked. But people went out and downloaded John's version. And this rock, Hot Rock Songs chart, it's kind of an interesting chart, but it factors in non-singles. So if all of a sudden, you know, if if a song appears in a, in a movie or something or a TV show that everybody's watching and a bunch of people go on iTunes and download it, um, it it can appear on this chart, so it's not it's not selling enough copies to hit the Billboard 200 necessarily, um, but there is a spike, and so it's it's hit that chart. Now lyrically, this this song isn't always interpreted correctly, and maybe I'm about to interpret it wrong too, but that happens from time to time. But a lot of people, especially in the day, really focused on the opening line, imagine there's no heaven. Um, And then a little bit later in the song, we have uh, uh, well, you know the word, imagine there's no countries. Imagine no possessions and no religion too. 
it's easy to misinterpret that as John being anti-religion, anti-patriotism, whatever. I don't think that's the intent of the song. In fact, John said the the inspiration for the lyrics came from both something uh, Yoko wrote that is actually printed on the back of the uh, LP and a book of Christian prayers that he was given um, that kind of gave this whole vibe of, you know, we can make the world better if we think about it being better, if we're praying about it being better. So he was in some way actually inspired by Christianity to write this stupid song. So the thing is, is when he's saying this, he's not saying, and and I think he gets a, a bad rap for it because of the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. At this point, that was like five years ago. There's not a lot of time. And it's hard to remember sometimes when you look at the progression of the band from 1965 to 1970, 71, you know, when the song comes out, you look at the way they look as people, the way they dress their hair, their facial hair, the type of music they're creating. It seems like a lot more time should have passed between the Beatles are bigger than Jesus and Imagine. But it was five years. And so that's still fresh in some people's heads. So it's easy to look at that. Imagine there's no heaven. Why would I want to imagine that? You know? Imagine there's no countries and no religion and all this kind of stuff. What he's saying is for one moment, take all the things that we fight about out of the equation. Right? You've got Christians and Jews and Muslims fighting about religion, fighting about who gets to go into heaven, how they get into heaven. Take that away. Take that fight away, and what do we have? Take away your patriotism, your devotion to your flag and to your country. And what do we have? You got to remember, this is still Vietnam still going on when this when this song comes out. They're at war. There's war all over the world, pretty much always. But at this time, you know, it's it's a very unpopular war. So he's saying, you know, look. Countries are stupid. We made this up. There's nothing in nature that creates a country. You know, there's nothing in nature that creates uh, one religion different than the other. And so he's saying, if you strip all that back and take away all the things we fight over, what's left is a bunch of people who are all pretty much the same. We have nothing to kill or die for. Because we're just living life in peace. And so I don't think of this as much as an anti-religious um, or anti-nationalist uh, propaganda thing. This is a more of a live and let live kind of thing. Because if you just get past what makes us different, there's a lot more that makes us the same. Song is, uh, uh, music for the song can be traced back to the Let It Be sessions. 
Um, but the whole thing came together in 1971. So he's been messing around with like the chord progression and stuff for over a year at this point. And this is what's amazing. Recording of the song was done at John's home studio and as, as most of the Imagine album was. And you can see that in several documentaries about that period. Some fantastic footage um, of the making of this album. But recording started May 27th, 1971, and only three official takes were recorded. Lennon rehearsed the band and honed the arrangement throughout the day um, before committing anything to tape. They did three takes. The second one was marked the best. Done. And despite it bearing a Phil Spector co-producer credit, which could be a nightmare. I mean, look at what he did to let it be and all things must pass. But despite that, um, the song is remarkably restrained in terms of production. It's a simple rock trio and a small string section. Even though it has the strings, they're not quadruple track 25 piece orchestras, you know, drowned in echo and choirs and all and harps and all that kind of stuff that we've seen Phil Spector do in recent history at that point. Um, it's very restrained. It's a rock trio and a string section. Lennon plays piano and sings. Bass is covered by Klaus Vorman. And uh, drums are played by Alan White, who is uh, at this point a year away from joining the band Yes. So if that name sounds familiar, that's where it's from. He's the drummer for Yes. Um, it's striking when you listen to it that Lennon was dismissive of songs like Let It Be while producing this song in the same style, the same mood, the same key. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. What Lennon says publicly in an interview about anything is based on his mood. If he just had a business argument with Paul and then goes on the Smothers Brothers show, he's going to be nasty towards Paul. But then five years later, when he's asked about the same thing and he just had a beer with Paul and they were laughing and reminiscing, all of a sudden that song is brilliant. That happened a lot. But he was disparaging of, of Let It Be specifically and Long and Winding Road and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then basically comes out and does the same thing. And I remember reading a quote with him actually acknowledging this. Um, I couldn't dig it up for this podcast. I don't remember where I read it. Maybe I made it up. But I think he does actually talk about that. Um, he wrote a letter that got published in a music magazine. And he actually says that Imagine is just working class hero, um, like dumbed down and glossed up for conservative folks. So he was saying that Imagine and, and working class hero share the same message. They're trying to make the same point but that one is more working man, obviously working class hero. And then the other one is for the stuffed shirts um, that would find working class hero to be a vile, vulgar song. So that's interesting that those two songs end up as the British single in 1975. Now that single was to promote the album Shaved Fish, which was a greatest hits package. So that's why it came out four years later. Think of all the missed opportunities in the early 70s. They don't release Imagine in the UK as a single. They don't release Maybe I'm Amazed as a single. 
off of Paul's first album. Like there, there could have been even bigger hits coming right out of the Beatles, you know, in 1970, 1971, um, just massive hits just wasted. And what is the trajectory of Paul and John's solo career? If they come out and within a year of the Beatles being finished, they have maybe I'm amazed and imagine at the top of the charts. You know, George got all the momentum with All Things Must Pass, My my Sweet Lord, What Is Life, all that stuff. Ringo had a whole bunch of momentum with It Don't Come Easy. John and Paul kind of, you know, stuttered out. Meanwhile, they've got these songs in their back pocket that are both going to be hits later. John's four years later with the uh, Greatest Hits package. Paul's will become a hit when he releases a live version off the Wings Over America tour. I don't know. The trajectory, the quality of output might have been um, drastically different if these guys had come out and and those songs were released as singles. And that is your opening statement out of the Beatles is these huge, massive hits. When I first started learning guitar, I remember there used to be a store in Oakland or Berkeley. Um, They had it was three story music store. The bottom floor was all grand pianos. And the top floor. I think you walked into the second floor. So the ground floor is all pianos and then upstairs it's all guitars and trumpets and stuff. And then downstairs, just a massive room of sheet music, books and, you know, individual songs and classical and rock and all that kind of stuff. And I remember when I first started guitar, I picked up the sheet music for this song as well as Free as a Bird and Real Love, which were fairly recent at the time. So I have the sheet music for those three songs. And so this was one of the first songs I learned on guitar and it was kind of tough because it has an F chord and anybody that plays guitar knows that's really the first real tough chord you learn. But the chords are really simple. Um, the verse really, it just repeats. It does a one chord and then a one major seven and then a four chord over and over and over. And then when the bridge hits, Lennon shifts to four and does a four, six, two, five, five, seven. And then when he gets to, um, you may say I'm a dreamer, he flips that and does four, five, uh, one, five of six, and then five, five, one, or four, five, one. And I know that means nothing to a lot of you. It may mean nothing to all of you. But Lennon's use of the E7 chord, which was the five of six that I was just talking about, is the only chord used from the in, in the entire song that's from outside of the home key. So we're in C and we are strictly in C the whole time. And that one chord, the E7, which I just said is the five of six, six is your relative minor. So C major and A minor have the same key signature. And uh, the six, when you're in a major scale, the six scale degree is the relative minor. So in this case, C, D, E, F, G, A, A is the sixth. And so A minor is your relative minor. That's the, that's true in every key. If you go up six, um, that's going to be a relative minor. And so this is the five chord of the relative minor. So it's not a huge leap, but it does add one important note and that's a G sharp. And so, This one chord, 
um, is the pop hook that keeps this song from becoming too monotonous. All right. So we've got this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Hope someday you join us and the world will live as one. So you hear it right there. You may say, I'm a dreamer. He doesn't even sing over this chord. That chord is all by itself. It's strictly in the piano and the bass. Um, And so this big hook doesn't even have a melody associated to it you may say i'm a dreamer and then it resolves up to the f it's a it's a great it's the power that one chord can have to completely shift the song because he could have easily gone to any other chord um, to get us back to F and stayed within the key of C and it just would have been monotonous. Boring. It would have just been dragging on and on. But that one chord grabs the ear. You throw that G sharp out of nowhere, grabs the ear. It's Imagine, guys. Um, tons of covers of this song have been released over the years. Some of them good, some of them not so good. But uh, it's a solid song. And when you really break down what a simple, simple song it is, and maybe that's part of its endurance as a piece is its simplicity. Um, Who knows? I think, too, there's something about this song, the message of this song, unfortunately really seems to be more relevant as it gets older we're in a time now when there's more division based on religion and race and sex and sexual orientation and all that stuff that really shouldn't divide us at all how you worship who you fall in love with the color of your skin should make no difference to me. If you're a good person, you're a good person. And I think, and maybe there isn't any more of it now than there was before, but it's more prevalent in our society. It's coming out of the shadows. It's not 
you know, lurking in the background or something that we pretend doesn't exist. We can't ignore it anymore because it's with us every single day. We see another instance of this. And so I think part of this song's legacy is that it keeps becoming more true than it was before. And I'm sure that Lennon, had he, you know, been alive today, his preference would probably be that the ideas of this song were antiquated and, you know, from a bygone era. Because if the song had achieved what it wanted, then it would be a bygone era. We'd be living in a life of peace. So it's something to think about when you listen to this song, really think about why is it more relevant now than it was back then. Give me a call, 925-494-1739, or email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. I uh, look forward to all the stuff that you guys send me. Thank you very much. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.